0: earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics learn more at eomega.org slash thrive another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
1: Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever. Interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we've got something really unusual and fun. Today, I am visited by Alfonso Col- Colasuano. Did I get that right?
2: i uh, not close enough. I've only had one person get it right perfectly on the first try. It's uh, Colaswano. Uh.
1: So, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to radiate ascendancy. Um, Alfonso is the co-author of the book, The Magical, The Book of the Magical Mythical Unicorn. Alfonso has cultivated a lifelong passion for esoteric study and among His earliest memories are scouring books of the unexplained at his aunt's home during family gatherings. Upon meeting Vakasha Brenman, Alfonso was able to put his passion to practical use in their joint creation of the book of the magical mythical unicorn. Alfonso was born and raised in Brooklyn, but now calls Baltimore his home. In his spare time, Alfonso practices Reiki. Yay, Reiki. I'm a Reiki master too. Being inducted into the spiritual practice by renowned Reiki master Pamela Miles. Wow, that's a good pedigree.
2: Uh, thank um. you.
1: <laughs> Welcome, Alfonso. This is so fun. I've been geeking out and looking forward to talking about unicorns. You know, what I said when your publisher got in touch with me and said, oh, here's this book about unicorns, would oh. you be interested? And I was like, heck yeah, I'd be interested. That sounds like so much fun, right? Okay, so let's let's start off with why unicorns?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, so the, the main reason that Vakasha and I decided to write about the unicorn is uh, simply put because it is the time for the unicorn to reemerge. Um, I was born in 1983, and for most of my life, uh, especially before meeting Vikasha, I was, you know, to be honest, very ignorant about the unicorn. I didn't know too much about it. It was one of um, sort of um, hole, the holes in my knowledge of, of the esoteric. But through the years, especially the last few years, we've been seeing more and more um, appearances in all sorts of things, even even the unicorn being used. Uh, you know, as a term to represent uh, rapidly growing businesses, television programs, children's toys, the unicorn is really reemerging, and it's it's much more than uh, these things in pop culture. Uh, actually, it's far more than these things in pop culture.
1: Well, it's not even pop culture anymore. I mean, unicorn myths has been around since the dawn of time. Yes. Of creation.
2: Dawn of time. Actually, that, that's one of the amazing things that we found out through our research is actually going back to the Edenic times. Uh, the unicorn was with um, early humanity, the first uh, first humans in in this Edenic paradise with us as our friend. And even beyond, even before humanity was uh, but a figment in, in, in um, the creator's imagination, uh, the unicorn was there. So the unicorn really is literally timeless.
1: Now, why, maybe this is an off-the-wall topic question, but why do we not see unicorns these days?
2: You know, uh, we may not see, or most people may not see unicorns um, today, but um, I'm sure that we all will see the unicorn very soon because um, the unicorn is re-emerging and it's not just in these symbolic ways that we're seeing, um, even even in this book here, the Book of the Magical Mythical Unicorn, um, it, it's, it's coming in, in a far uh, greater way. Um, but the unicorn is an interdimensional creature, so it kind of pops in and out um, as needed, um, basically, either by the whole of humanity or by specific individuals.
1: Interesting. Well, and the the our topic today is radiate ascendancy. Can you tell me a bit about that and what's afoot?
2: Yes. So, one of the most important things that the unicorn really wants to do with people, uh, with people, especially if you if you work with it, if you reach out to the unicorn, is help you both on the spiritual level and also just in terms of your own hero's journey in life. Um, When we we incarnate into this life, we all have very unique challenges that we're meant to kind of try to work to overcome. And hopefully we will. And if not, you know, uh, we'll get other chances. But the unicorn really wants to work with you to be your best self, um, both in terms of the spiritual and also just in terms of whatever your unique purpose is in life. It wants to help you um, get there.
1: Interesting. Well, let's talk for a minute about where the where the unicorn originated.
2: Um, well, it really kind of depends on um, how you view things. I mean, um, the unicorn was there with the creator, um, Certain in certain cultures, and it, and it really varies based on culture in terms of how the unicorn has been presented um, over the say uh, 6,000 known years of human civilization. But in the Chinese tradition, it's very interesting. Um, the unicorn is one of the four sacred animals uh, in the Chinese tradition. Uh, they call it the unicorn the qilin, And um, the unicorn worked with the phoenix, the dragon, and the tortoise with Pangu, the creator, to really just, just build, to chip away at the, the, the formless void and, and create everything. So if you view it from that lens, the unicorn has been um, timeless. But in terms of known um, human civilization, the earliest civilizations, the Sumerians, the Egyptians, um, the Chinese, so definitely 6,000 years um, unicorns been with us in recorded history and and myth.
1: Wow, and so even in the earliest depictions of unicorns, were they like what we consider unicorn now, did they have any differences?
2: Um, a lot of it kind of depended dramatically on the culture, um, for example, like in the Chinese tradition, uh, many of the same things that we kind of, uh, or most of us today, kind of uh, view the unicorn, transcendence, love, um, a symbol of the spirit. Yes, um, other cultures, earlier cultures, um, sometimes things kind of, uh, if you've ever played the game telephone, you know how things can get lost in translation. Um when Bakash and I were writing the book of the magical mythical unicorn, we took very good care to try to present the unicorn story to the best of our ability. So, if you go on Google or uh, you know research the topic yourself, um, we have an extensive list of sources in our book you uh, for you to do so if you're if you're interested, um, you know you'll find some things that don't really coincide with uh, the pure and positive creature that we know. Sure, uh, but. But generally, yes, um, you know, those, those are the kind of conditions and, and, and uh, representations that the unicorn has.
1: Sure. And then in, in your book, you talk about the unicorn being present at the Garden of Eden. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Um, in what capacity was it present there, or do we just know that it was?
2: Um, from what we know from, from a document called the uh, Codex Unicornis, Yes, um, the unicorn was with um, the first uh, man and the first woman in this garden as uh, basically a best friend and companion. Mm-hmm. And when you know, for our, for humanity as a whole, for evolution, for our growth, we moved down to third dimension. Um, the unicorn was given a choice by the creator. Um, you know, right? Yeah. So, so right now, you know, third dimension. I don't want to sound like someone who thinks everything is all bad. There's a lot of great things here in in this life that we're experiencing right now. But there's also challenges. There's also pain. And, uh, you know, we can't deny that. The unicorn was given a choice by the creator to either to just stay in that higher dimensional um, reality where things are just pure bliss Or or the unicorn could become the creature that it is today, this interdimensional creature where it can pop in, even though it's a a far denser reality that we inhabit, a a lower vibration. The unicorns can still go into that. It chose that because it's so loyal to us. Um, I love dogs. Uh, You know, you say dogs are man's best friend, but, um, you know, I I think dogs might have something to... uh, to, The unicorn might rival dogs in that. I, I don't know if the dog... Uh, dogs would go into a far lower dimensional uh, reality for us. Um, They're loyal, but I'm not sure. It's it's a hard (laughs) act to follow.
1: (laughs) Okay. I just love the idea of these um, unicorns being multidimensional beings, and I never truly considered that possibility. What does it mean to be a multidimensional being? And forgive me if that's like a really dumb question, but um, I'm just thinking, how does that work?
2: Um, I don't know about the specifics of it. All, all I can say really is that the unicorn can pop in and out of these dimensions. That's why, like, if you talk to, to most people and you just just find someone on the street and just ask them, have you ever seen a unicorn? Um, you know, they might give you a little bit of a look. Uh, mo- most people, most people, there are some who have certainly had the encounters. But, um, but you know, if you look at the historical record, You know, when we were collecting the research to create the book of the magical mythical unicorn, um, we have everyone from um, Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha's mother Maya, had an encounter with the unicorn, foretelling um, the Buddha's birth, to uh, Emperor Fu Shi, one of the first emperors of China, who actually received the written language, uh, the written language, uh, written Chinese language from the unicorn. All the way to skeptics. Um, you know, uh, Leibniz, uh, the famous uh, mathematician and philosopher, was just as skeptical as many people are today sure. until he actually had an encounter in Germany with a skeleton of the unicorn that was found in the Harz Mountains. And wow. I was say he just wasn't very skeptical after that.
1: Oh, my God. Well, and also uh, you list Genghis Khan, Conf- yes. Confucius, Alexander the Great, and more.
2: Yes, yes. Many, many historical figures have, have had uh, personal encounters with the unicorn. That's amazing. Have you? Um, that's a great question. Actually, um, you know, I, I've always been interested in the esoteric uh, since I was a child. Um like uh, like you said at the beginning of the um, podcast, um, one of my earliest memories was visiting my aunt's house and just kind of running off from the family gathering and just looking, delving into her books about the unexplained, UFOs, ghosts, all those things. They've always fascinated me from, from um, really from birth. Um, but at the same time, um, I've always at least until working with Akasha on the book of the magical mythical unicorn, I've always sort of had one foot in and one foot out of the esoteric. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: And um, so when I, when we first started working with Akasha, because for the five years that I knew her while we were writing this book, um, she's always had severe um, medical challenges, with COPD and mobility and various other um, medical challenges. And so because of the close nature of co-writing a book together, um, even though I live in baltimore Um, I would have to stay with her for m- m- much of the time so that we can write and so that we can get into um, the flow to really create and, and create a wonderful book And um, one of the first things that Akasha said to me after you know, we agreed to work with each other Is um, some people when they come to my house have encounters with the unicorn And you know, I didn't really know her very well at the time um but I Said okay, you know, and I didn't really think that that would happen. Um, it must have been somewhere between a week to ten days after going over Vakasha's uh, house. Um, I'm usually an early to bed um, type of guy, so I went to bed around ten, fell right asleep, and three hours later, I just woke up. Uh, I was wide awake, and I could see not the full unicorn, but I could see its multicolored spiraled horns start emerging you know, just right there was not a dream uh i didn't have you know too much drink or anything like that um it really was there and i told makasha the next morning and uh kinda, you know she just kind of you know she she a, she's a wonderful woman uh but she had a bit of a sarcastic uh you know uh sense to her and she just 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 smiled she had a very uh smug look on her face It was like kind of like i told you so you know don't doubt me here you know <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful experience, and I knew I was on the right track, and that we were on the right track creating this book. Once the unicorn appeared to me,
1: yeah, oh no doubt that's that's wonderful, and what a sign! It's like yes, do this, go ahead, go forth, write this book.
2: Absolutely, I mean, we had been so um, early into the process. um, I had just started digging through some of the research, and we barely had even a paragraph done at that time. (laughs) But it, it was definitely a sort of a green light for us.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt. And so, and sadly, Vakasha, your co-author, had passed in May of this year, 2020. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry. That must have been very difficult. It sounds like you had gotten very close over this process.
2: Yes. um, You know, through the course of my uh, work as a writer and uh, entrepreneur, I've worked with a lot of people, and they all... um, are very impactful um, in my life. But, you know, Vakasha was uh, to another level. Um, She was certainly not just a work partner. We became close friends. I would call her my best friend. And um, really, she became a spiritual mother to me. Um, Her whole life was all about trying to give back to others and, um, you know, teach them about the spiritual realities of life. She devoted decades of her life to it and um and it, it's kind of, it's kind of um interesting because um way back in 2009 long before I met her i had um undergone um past life regression hypnosis
1: oh and, i do that yeah oh
2: yes i i heard and it's a wonderful thing um you know i um i tried it and i had a few past lives that i incarnated but I didn't know Vakasha in any of the past lives that I incarnated, but I tried a life between lives hypnosis, um, and from there there was an there was an energy uh, I could just see us as pure energy uh, in space, formless, yeah, definitely no no body, and um, there was a there was a figure who was a mentor to me, um, and uh, you know it was an energy I'd never experienced in life, and I didn't know really what to make of it. Six years later, I meet Bakasha. And after I really got to know her, I knew that was the mentor. So, so I think this project was destined because of our karmic history together.
1: That is so cool. That is so fascinating. Okay. So that begs the question, and maybe you've not considered this. I, I don't know. I don't want to stump you or anything, but it's like, why now to write this book? Why destined to do this together? Um,
2: well, you know, um, Vakash and I may have um, you know, written this book, but um, I believe just as a writer that, you know, uh, we don't really create, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's looking for the channel for the message to get out. And you yeah. know, Vakash and I were chosen uh, to be um, the channels uh, to, to kind of tell the unicorn story. But as to why now, All you really have to do is is look around, Um, you know, for those of us, um, you know, like two of us here who are in states You can see um, a long overdue um, reckoning about racial justice You can see um, dramatic uh, challenges with the economy Um, COVID-19 is still um, Devastating many communities here throughout the nation um, so even the most optimistic of us could, it, it, it's hard to be optimistic in these times. And it, it, it's fair to say that we live in chaotic times. Um, the unicorn, it, it kind of told us, you know, when we were creating this book five years ago, when we just started, wow. that there would have to be chaos before it could reemerge. And so, you know, while right now we... Some of us may have encounters with the unicorn and others can encounter the unicorn um, in various ways if they, if they want to. Um, but, you know, humanity as a whole, um, the unicorn is not, you know, running around um, like a horse and, you know, just where you, where you can see one every day. Uh, but the unicorn, when it does fully come back, not just to individuals, um, everyone is, is, go- is going to know about it. And I believe that's coming soon, and I believe that um, many of the challenges that we're facing right now, including environmental challenges, um, you know, if I were to have grandkids, I don't even know if they would have a planet to live out the the course of their life. So I believe um, the unicorn is is coming back soon to all of us.
1: Wow, wow, wow. So uh, have there been other time periods that were maybe similar that enabled the unicorn to reemerge
2: you know um the the thing is just in terms of history uh, when you when you go back beyond um, you know the last 50 60 years uh, you know now we have the internet um, things are documented people everyone's lives are documented um so if someone were to be looking for for any of us 300 years from now, they, they could find a whole wealth of information. Uh, certainly wasn't that way um, if, you, if you go back, especially the further back you go. So what we know about it, a lot of it comes from archaeology and a lot of it comes from the lives of some of the figures who, um, you, you know, we as, a, as cultures or, or spiritual traditions assign, you know, the term greatness to, to an individual like an Alexander the Great or a Fuxi. Um, so we we so what we know about that, it kind of varies, and I think there's probably a lot more that just is lost to um, you know lost history. But, um, yeah, the unicorn certainly was with us in terms of the beginning of human civilizations, um almost as much as as it is today. and if you if you know one question that we don't really get into in this book because we don't have answers is um, how did, you know, if you go by um, the traditional scientific explanation of evolution, how, does, how do we evolve to such intelligent creatures? Um, could the unicorn have played a part in it? Possibly. I mean, if you look at these early civilizations like the Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Chinese, the Indus in Valley civilizations, the unicorn is in almost all of these early civilizations and in very prominent roles. And it, it certainly begs the question.
1: Oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. I mean, uh, you're really opening my eyes here. I had never really considered um, with all the mythology and the, the the myths of the unicorn that all of this was possible, you know? Um, so, so some things that we believe and know about unicorns are that they will only um, allow virgins to, like, they will lay their head on a virgin's lap, that they're... Porins can detect poison, uh, some of these other qualities. Let's see what, what else that uh, they detect poison and healing and connect the third eye and the opening of the third eye. So, um, you know, that's all I knew that there was just certain magical powers, but it sounds like there's so much more than that.
2: Yes, a- absolutely. And, and also just some of the traditions actually uh, just speak to it to one point when you, when you mention um, story about the unicorn and the virgin, we actually have a great um, story here because from, um, from um, Crimea in Russia, um, a story of uh, this woman named Katya, who was a mother. So of course not a virgin. And um, so, so when, when you hear about these stories about the unicorn and the virgin, it's really, um, symbolic of spiritual purity. It's not really in terms of, um, you know, yes. the traditional definition of such. And that just shows kind of just how a lot of things sometimes get misrepresented in the course of, um, these traditions. Uh, I love, I love the quote that, um, classicist and, uh, poet Robert Graves, uh, had about the unicorn, Uh, Which is, uh, you know, find the secret because so much of the unicorn is still being uncovered. Uh, It is a really mysterious creature and we're still learning more about it um, just, you know, as the days go on.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, No doubt. And this, you know, this creature has been um, shrouded in mystery, but it sounds like there are those who are really waking up to their potential, to their gift. And maybe there's a, even a full disclosure coming out. Do you think that's possible?
2: Um, think that? I think it's totally possible. I, my personal belief is that when the unicorn appears, it's going to be something that no one can really deny just because of how um, visible it's going to be to humanity as a whole, which, which we get from the Codex uh, Unicornus. So, um, you know, if you, if you think about, like, certain things like um, um, extraterrestrials or uh, unidentified flying objects where um, some may believe there's a cover-ups and such, uh, yeah, you know, you could disclose those. Um, I think that when the unicorn uh, fully comes back and fully re-emerges, uh, there's going to be no way that even if people wanted to, and I don't think that they will, um, even if people wanted to, though, it, it's... Just not going to be able to be hidden.
1: Yeah, they can't deny it. Yeah,
2: you can't deny what you see with your own eyes.
1: That is astounding. Uh, any indication of um, where this might be most visible? Um,
2: you know, I would say, just as a guess, um, that China or India would probably be the places where the unicorn might be most visible when it reemerges. And the reason why I say that is just because um, we found so many wonderful stories and and, um, historical uh, evidence for unicorns and um, wonderful legends um, emanating out of those lands. So, um, you know, dating back to the the earliest known um, foundings of these civilizations. So if I had to... You know, if I were a betting man, I might I might put um, money there, um, but you know, it's really. Uh, what, but I do believe that when the unicorn comes back, it's going to be something not limited to a certain nation state or anything like that.
1: Oh, well, interesting. And you um, feel it's it's coming back because in part of the chaotic times that we're in.
2: Yes, um, I believe that this age, um, you know, the Kali Yuga is coming to an end. And uh, a new golden age is re-emerging. And um, there's, a, there's a great esotericist, um, I hope I'm not mispronouncing uh, the name right here, but Ontario Ally had a concept of um, when an old order, you know, as the, the world that we, we know from our life, as that old order shatters, before a new order, before a new reality can really emerge, there's going to be um, what Ontario Ally calls chapel perilous or just just absolute chaos where everything is uh, Confusion might be the best way to put it. Um, but until that new order comes in until the unicorn reemerges Um, I don't want to sound like a doomsayer, but things might get even um, Wilder and more challenging for for us as, as a whole And um, you know it but you know, like we're all tested here in our individual lives. Um you know, the unicorn really wants you to rise to the challenge and wants to help you rise to the challenge. So if you, if you turn on the news and you hear um terrible stories, horrible stories, of course, do your part if you can to help, but um, don't, don't get lost in gloom and despair. And you know, there's a reason for everything.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so um You say that this is going to be undeniable when the unicorn makes a makes its return. Yes. Is there anything that we can do on a personal level to work with this unicorn energy? Absolutely. Into our lives, yeah.
2: Yes. So, um, so I would say the best thing to do if you want to work with the unicorn energy, either just to know the unicorn better, or um, you know, even if you have a certain um, intention. If you want to, um, you know, let's say you're a Reiki healer and you, you see uh, firsthand how it brings people closer to uh, equilibrium and, and helps heal in many ways, um, both on the spiritual level and the physical level. And you really want to share your gifts, even just you personally, yeah. um, call out to the unicorn, especially before bed. And then just, just listen. I mean, you may not ever visibly see the unicorn or its horn, um, but that's not the only way. It's not always going to just directly hit you over the head with something like that. It, it, the unicorn could be helping you uh, through dreams, um, through just uh, what I'd call like telepathic messages, just things that just come to your head that you don't know where they came from, but that could be the key to, to your challenge. Um, so you just just coming with a pure uh, intention and just asking for the unicorn's help, and um yeah, you you very well um will have it as long as your intentions are you know not harmful to to yourself or others
1: right, right. The highest and best intentions and the highest integrity, yeah, always always want to work with that so okay well that's good that just gives me a lot i think it gives all of us just even more possibilities for calling in our spiritual team our angelic team right yes having a unicorn on the on the staff we may already have that have them on our spiritual team but just not be aware of it yes
0: bringing that awareness
1: Did you know that Radiate Wellness has a subscription-based premium content Facebook group? Think of it like the premium version of this free podcast. In this premium Facebook group, you can find great content like replays of online classes, meditations on angels, chakras, mindfulness, and more, guest speakers, mini classes, polls, plus you'll be the first to know of guests that we have scheduled for the podcast and can submit questions for them. You get all of this great content for one low monthly price, and the first month is half off. You can subscribe by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash shop. Click the subscriptions button, and you're in. Also, while I have your attention, wherever you're listening to this free podcast, if you could just do us a couple of favors, please. One is go... To hit the subscribe or follow button. Then you'll be notified of all of the episodes we have coming out each week. Also, please rate and review. It sounds really simple, but it helps us to grow our audience when people are looking for great podcasts. And when we grow our audience, we can do bigger and better things and bring you even more great guests. So please do those couple of things, and that will help us grow this audience and this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Your book um also talks about some common misrepresentations and misunderstandings of the uni- of the unicorn, both in the present and throughout history. Can you talk about some ways that we misinterpret or misunderstand it?
2: So um one of the biggest uh, misunderstandings that we found, actually a lot of the challenges and misunderstandings came from the unicorn in the European tradition. And um, wh- one of the interesting things that, you know, when I when I was new to this concept before I met Vikash and learned about this as we were writing this book, um, I mostly uh, associated the unicorn with British heraldry, uh, which it certainly is associated with, but I didn't really know that it, it had any sort of um, presence in any of these other cultures. Um, And and not to say that there's not that everything in the European tradition is misrepresented, but um, some of the things um, There certainly certainly are like when when you talk about the holy hunt um, which is one of the depicted in in many wonderful artistic representations with the unicorn um, people see that as a as a purely violent um, you know attack on the unicorn and and they see it as kind of a harnessing of the unicorn's power for temporal gain And some people actually did that in europe. They they would hunt unicorns um, it became a stat, a symbol of status of wealth um, You know in terms of royalty And uh, you know, that's not what the unicorn is about. Um, or its horn. It's not about um, You know, I I have a unicorn's horn, right? I experienced um, seeing the unicorn's horn. So i'm better than you um, so there, so there are misrepresentations like that, uh, but when a concept's new to anyone or any group of people, um, you know, it's easy for misrepresentations to occur. So I try not to be too harsh, but Fakash and I, when we were creating the book of the magical mythical unicorn, we took great care to really just eliminate, um, some of these, um, concepts. I mean, there's some, there's even some, um, evidence, some, some information that we found that said that the unicorn was evil, which is completely not true. Uh, we didn't include that. Um, but Kash and I used to joke about how we hoped that after, you know, we released um, the book of Magical Mythical Unicorn, that we'd have a separate blooper reel of just things that we found in the research, which are completely untrue, just for people to, um, you know, get a good laugh uh, about. Yeah, um, that would be kind Twitter, of They can reach out to me on Twitter. Um, my handle's book Card Pusher, and I could send them an early draft. Uh, you know, if they're really curious, some of the the uh, some of these um, mistaken some of some of these dramatic mistakes, shall I say?
1: <laughs> so, I wonder if those dramatic mistakes come about because of fear.
2: Um, you know, that's a great question. Um, you know, the fear of the unknown is probably one of the biggest um, challenges that we have as a species. Um, you know, it it. it you know even to take it outside of the unicorn um, you know just just like how would people react if there was contact from an alien species um, you know assuming that they had peaceful intentions I mean you know certainly some would would welcome but you know they they may look different I mean you know that's that you know they might they might not be able to communicate you know in, in our languages here and, you know, it leads to fear of the other. So in the same way, when you when you didn't know the unicorn or people didn't know the unicorn, you know, it leads to, um, you know, misrepresentations and fear. And, you know, that's, that's part of the unicorn, just challenging people to rise above it, you know, to be your best self, not your lowest or your, or your most base self.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you've got this being popping in and out of dimensions, showing only its horn, showing only this... And that can create just some um, some confusion, et cetera. But just staying focused and positive, and know that this is really in the highest and best good. Yes. uh, Very good. Now the the actual form of the unicorn being a white horse, being uh, maybe have extra feathers around its its feet feathers in terms of like just like fur. Uh, yeah. On some breeds, and then having the white pearlescent horn yes. um, why why that form what is special about that?
2: Uh, well, the horn itself is just is just very special just because so much of the healing uh both physical and spiritual, comes directly from the horn, and uh you know from the codex unicornis. Uh, the, the horn itself is what made the unicorn a, a magical creature. Not, you know, similar to any other animal that we'd see uh, today. Um, the horn itself is, is deeply connected to the third eye, to spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. to helping, uh, you know, people as a whole and individually uh, learn about their spiritual gifts and, and recognize that they have them. Many people don't even know that they do. Um, So the horn itself has the healing uh, both on the physical and spiritual uh, mental levels. Um, Without the unicorn's horn, um, it really, you know, wouldn't have those same um, qualities just because uh, the creator just really just imbued them through the horn.
1: Interesting. Well, I know I have so many questions, (laughs) you know, uh, why a horn why not uh, a spike or a fur or something like that but I don't know if we'd ever know the answer to that um, but it's just so yeah. such a beautiful beautiful creature yes but, right and depicted in so much art
2: Yes, absolutely. All
1: around the world. Yeah, why do people just esteem it so much to put it in so much art?
2: Um, you know, just from looking at the different cultures, uh, just going all the way back to the Sumerians, the Egyptians, and, and others, uh, to, you know, really till the modern era, and even today, um, the unicorn has just been such a positive creature. Uh, and in many cases, um, you know, certainly especially uh, if you go a little bit further back in history, people knew about the unicorn. They used the unicorn, uh, its horn or part of its horn, for healing. Um, So, like, for example, like during the Renaissance era in Europe, uh, when you had, you know, amazing artists like Raphael creating wonderful art with the unicorn, at the same time, royalty was using... The unicorn horn to prevent against poison and it started filtering down into everyday people's lives so the unicorn was especially at that time um really well known and and really beloved but its presence you know not it, it wasn't known in the same sense as it's going to be known it was more like This is a wonderful thing that we can use for for help, you know. So if I get poisoned or if, uh, you know, some some jealous uh, political rival, you know, wants to poison me, I can just use the unicorn's horn. So it's more of a, um, you know, kind of a tool. But a a truer knowing is certainly coming. And I think that's uh, certainly a good thing.
1: That is ex- so exciting. I can't even tell you how exciting that is. Um, I don't know if you ever read the comic strip, Phoebe, Phoebe and her unicorn. I don't even know if it's in print anymore. This wonderful comic strip about a little girl who's got a, a unicorn as a best friend. And this unicorn embodies all of the different qualities you're talking about. It's truly magical. It's wonderful um your book is just so interesting i'm just looking through the table of contents right now the unicorn in india the unicorn in china in east asia the middle east persia ancient greece and rome what europe africa north america what heraldry? well heraldry i knew about but the arts astronomy and zodiac Mm -hmm. is wild so ancient greece and rome too huh
2: yeah, uh, it all started with, and uh, you know, just having having a surname as difficult to pronounce as mine. I should be better at pronouncing others, but um, there was a Greek um, author named Stesius, uh, it's C T E S I A S. If anyone uh, wants to correct me after the, after the podcast, please go ahead. But um, Stesius worked in the uh, uh, worked with the Persians who were closer to the center. Uh, one of the centers of the unicorn in India and uh, closer to the Assyrian and Babylonian civilizations where the unicorn was very prominent in the art and culture. And, um, you know, when he returned from the, the Persian court back to Greece, he kind of shared it. Um, being an author, you know, his, his words, um, you know, were widely disseminated and, and reached uh, throughout the culture. And from there, you know, in the Greek and, and Roman cultures, um, the unicorn really started to be known um as percussion i were writing the book of the magical mythical unicorn we had to cut a lot from the ancient uh Greece and rome section because there were a lot of misrepresentations um you know some individual romans and greeks had encounters with the unicorn um, probably the most renowned um you know leader of ancient rome julius caesar actually had a personal encounter with the unicorn um you know the unicorn is certainly a spiritual creature, but he did not see the unicorn in a spiritual setting. Actually, saw the unicorn on a military expedition in Germany in uh, the Hirschian forest. So, oh. the unicorn is a creature of mystery. It can and it's it's an interdimensional creature. So it can come when when needed. I mean, even in a battlefield. So, oh yeah.
1: my God! So uh, as a an, an omen or a harbinger of something. Yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Wow, kind of like Mothman shows up to be a harbinger.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, the unicorn has been a harbinger in many different, um, different um, situations. Like, for example, in China, sure. um, with, with the birth uh, before the, uh, Confucius was born and also shortly before he died, the unicorn came to him shortly before he died and it came to his mother uh, before he was born. And, um, you know, while he wasn't a political leader, um in in the Chinese tradition, when the unicorn the unicorn, it's not there every day. You're not going to see it um, you know on the streets of Beijing. But um when a great leader is either is either born or about to die, the unicorn will emerge. or when it, when a government is is uh, really ruling with the people's best interests in mind, the unicorn will emerge. Um, certain emperors in Chinese history have had the unicorn emerge during their reigns and others have had the unicorn, um, you know, uh, emerge before they were born or shortly before they died. And this, there are similar things in a lot of other cultural traditions.
1: That is fascinating. Okay, so what about North America?
2: Yeah, that was actually the biggest surprise because um, we did, actually, Vakasha started this book um, three decades ago. So she had a wonderful partner who was working as her researcher, a woman named, by the name of Artist Boyd. And Artist, um, she went all over the country. I mean, I still have um, documents of Vakasha's um, credit card uh, from, from paying uh, for, for plane tickets to go to uh, Manly Hall the Philosophical Research Society's personal library. Um, Getting information from the Rosicrucian Library um, and also many throughout her where where she called home the last four decades uh, from New York Public Library and uh, various university libraries in New York City. Um, But yeah, so um, she started it three decades ago and, you know, uh, we just started, uh, you know, things happened Um, They weren't able to create it uh, back then. And the reason why, and what Pekasha always sort of um, told me, is that the reason why she and artists, and she brought on a writer to help them, weren't able to create it in 95 was because it just wasn't the unicorn's time. I mean, if we look back, and for me, it was was just getting into adolescence. But, um, you know, it was a simpler time, and uh, not, not necessarily a better time, but a simpler one. And um, the unicorn was just not everywhere like it is today. It wasn't really a big part of uh, culture at the time.
1: Oh, wow. So again, with, with North America, yes. what is the connection to unicorn with North oh, yes. America?
2: Sorry, I kinda, uh, skipped out on that question. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, but yes, actually, that was the biggest surprise because when artists had done her research She had not found anything about North America. And so um, Pocaccia, one of the things that I admire uh, the most about her is just how tireless she was. And through the course of our writing The Book of the Magical Mythical Unicorn, we just went through every library we could have access to, um, Googled every term. And surprisingly, we actually found information about the unicorn in North America. Um, Much of it came from early British explorers to the eastern coast of of, uh, the U.S. and Canada. And when they made contact with the Native Americans, uh, various Native American groups, they were given gifts uh, of unicorn horn and other trinkets related to the unicorn as a gesture of goodwill between these different peoples. And that was stunning because, um, you know, I knew about Europe, and it was, there's a wealth of information about uh, the unicorn in European, Asian, and African traditions and Middle East. But North America and the Americas as a whole, it's pretty scant. But but there is definitely a presence, and um, that was probably one of the greatest achievements. Uh, I feel that Pekash and I were able to find this amazing information.
1: That is incredible. So the so the Native Americans already in north america had their own unicorn
2: yes actually um we we made um contact with various groups including some of the native american um you know tribes in in florida and uh we we were trying to get a little bit more information but the it kind of must have slipped through time i mean it's been um centuries since uh their encounter with the european explorers but um we found um references to the unicorn's horn being used in spiritual and magical um rituals by different Native American groups, particularly along the eastern coast of um you know what's now the US and, and the Maritimes and Canada. And um yeah, it, it's just amazing to, to see, just because um really the the only place where we didn't find information about the unicorn being present was um, in the Pacific Islands um, and if any readers or finds information, please reach out to me Maybe we'll put in a new edition of the book uh, down the line and in, in South America. The only thing we were able to find uh, were cave drawings in in various places in uh, you know, present-day Argentina, but yeah the unicorn all over um, particularly the eastern coast of North America and really the world it, it, it's just amazing. I was just blown away just doing this project with fakasha and, and finding out just how present the uh, unicorn's been for six, thousand years of known civilization, all different spiritual traditions, all different cultures, and always almost always at least positive.
1: Wow what seems to be the most recent unicorn interaction? like on a, on a big scale, not, you know, your, your experience at Vikasha's house was wonderful, but is what is the most recent, like undeniable, big interaction?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, um, one of the first that really comes to mind is a lot of um, traditions in Mediterranean Europe, Um, for example, in Spain and Italy and in Greece, Really, in total, like, around World War II, um, the unicorn and its horn or representations of its horn, because by that time, the unicorn's horn really wasn't um, widely available. But um, the unicorn, representations of the unicorn's horn were used. um, In Greece, they actually uh, made, uh, you know, kind of a representation of a bone cross named Monacheros, which is, uh, the Greek, you know, word for unicorn, and it was always to prevent the evil eye. So, you know, if you were a, a Greek family or a Spanish family or an Italian family, really until, you know, really in many people's lifetimes, until 40s or so, uh, you would turn to the unicorn representations of the unicorn to protect you against uh, people wishing you harm through the evil eye. So that, that was one of the the, the really um, more recent things. Um. If you go a little bit further back, about 200 years ago, there were many excavations in Germany of the unicorn's um, skeleton. Um, you know, that's how it convinced even a skeptic like uh, Leibniz to realize that his skepticism was, wasn't really founded. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's been a lot, uh, but it has kind of trickled off. And you know we're only starting to see the beginning of the upswing right now in the last five years or so. And it's going to be be more and more as we, um, you know, as we move through these next few decades.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We are seeing just you know kind of an aesthetic in a way, but um, I think these things make their way into aesthetics so that we become more used to them and um, more prevalent rather than coming out of the blue. Yes. Right. Such as the comic strip and you know just depictions and. Cartoons and art and, and everything's re- enjoying a resurgence, you know, it's so fascinating but you but you feel that we are on the brink of Welcoming this mythical animal back
2: Yes, That's yes, I believe, very much exciting. believe so Yeah, and I think going to be wonderful just because um, You know when we go to a higher vibrational reality um, just think about the limitations that we all have in this life. I mean, you know, if you were to want, want to be weightless or, or fly across the world, uh, you, you know, you need to get your, your plane tickets. Yeah, you couldn't just, uh, you know, do that. Um, all of these limitations, the denseness of this, um, this reality, you know, we're going to a higher reality. And the freedom of such and the the sheer joy and fun of it, Uh, it's something I certainly look forward to. And, um, you know, I hope it's in my lifetime, but I do believe that it's soon. I mean, I can't put a date on it. I can't say, you know, December 21st, 2022 is going to be the day. Uh, You know, no one really knows that. But um, I do believe it's coming soon and I hope it will be in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, I, I know in the quantum healing hypnosis sessions that I do that I conduct, that um, you know there's so many people who come in with questions about quote the event, yes, if you've heard of that right, mm-hmm. and um, so we just keep keep getting told, it's coming, we're in the beginning stages of it. For some, it's already happened. You cannot mistake it. You will not not be aware of it when it comes. And it sounds like that's what you're saying with the unicorn.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So um, does the unicorn have a specific part to play in this event?
2: Uh, You know, that the unicorn, really true to its um, character, kept it a mystery. Uh, There's three secret sayings. That the unicorn is going to to say when this event happens, um, what they are, I have, I don't have a clue. I no one uh, has a clue, but they will be revealed. Those three secret sayings um, when the unicorn makes its global, uh, you know, something that can't be denied because it's coming to everyone. You could you could yeah, be you could have a personal connection with the unicorn and be be working with it on, on the regular, or you could be someone who completely devoid of any spiritual knowledge, <laughs> you know, you're you're going to hear these sayings and you're going to see the unicorn regardless of who you are, where you live, um, your income, your culture, uh, your religious beliefs, any of those. Uh, we're all going to, to intimately know the unicorn when it reemerges.
1: And so these three sayings, these three sayings are these ones that it has been known to say before is this something completely new
2: I really uh, I'm just not sure because those sayings will be revealed, but they have not been revealed yet um, right. I may have certain um, ideas, but um, it's purely speculation, so you know they're they're just as good as uh you know as useless um. But, yeah, they they, they kind of are. So, um, but I am waiting for the unicorn to reemerge, and you know, not just to me, not just to certain individuals or to certain um, noteworthy figures, but just on on the global level, because um, you know, we all want to um, just have just ascend up the spiral. We want to be be more full of life and just just really just in, enjoy it more and enjoy. A greater, um, you know, vibration, and uh, you know, so it, it sounds pretty wonderful to me.
1: <laughs> that it, it does sound pretty freaking magical, absolutely, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: and all tied to ascension and ascendancy. Yes, absolutely, wonderful. So again, the name of the book is "The Book of the Magical Mythical Unicorn." By uh, and the name of your um, co-author, I can. I want to make sure that we've got uh, that. Vakasha.
2: Yep, Vakasha Brendan and uh, you know I'm I'm used to uh, rough pronunciations of my name. My name is Alfonso Cole. So honestly, it'd probably be easier just to uh, type the Book of the Magical Mythical Unicorn on Amazon.com or Walmart.com or uh, wherever you go to uh, buy your books. It is available. Um, for pre-orders now, so
0: oh,
1: excellent! When does it come out for Reelsies?
2: Uh, it's coming out on August 28th this year, so we're looking forward to it. I know Fakasha's um, is really happy. Um, I just, it's just a shame she isn't here in this dimension to, um, to see it firsthand. So we can't celebrate New York. I don't know if we could have celebrated New York anyway with COVID. But um, <laughs> I know she's looking on and, and is really proud to see, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know it, it's, our, it's our joint work, but it's, it's really um, her creation, her baby. And I'm just privileged to have been a part to, to help her birth this uh, wonderful book.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, I know
2: yeah. she's looking, looking uh, really happy at what's going mm-hmm. on here with it.
1: You have to pour one out for her.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> more than one. More than one.
1: <laughs> so um i'm going to make sure that this comes out this episode comes out of course we're recording uh toward the end of july so i'll make sure that this mm-hmm. comes out by august 28th for the release of the book uh the book of the Math- magical mythical unicorn is there a website that you would like to plug
2: Yes, it's, uh, the magical Um, if you, if you go to it, um, there's a contact form. So if you want to reach out to me and ask any particular questions about the unicorn, if you, if you purchase the book and, and find out that we're missing some information, um, you know, we, we'd love to hear about new things, uh, that could be help educate people about the unicorn. So if we missed anything, um, we feel we're, we're very comprehensive and, and we view the book as an anthology. But yeah, if you want to reach out at any, uh, for any reason uh, or learn more about the book, um, all you have to do is just go to, oops, sorry, I think I might have the wrong uh, website, but it's the unicornbook.com, not the magicalunicorn.com.
1: Uh, the uni- the unicornbook.com
2: yep theunicornbook.com if you if you go there um you can learn more about it you can see our cover and uh reach out if if you need to
1: fantastic we'll put that website in the show notes thank you so much alfonso this was so enlightening and fun and just exciting
2: absolutely christy it's been an absolute pleasure uh speaking with you today
1: thank you sir
2: you have a wonderful
1: day you too